Hey everybody, welcome back to the Liberty on Fire podcast. This is your host, Libertarian Tony. Okay, so this is going to be my rundown of the fifth Democratic debate, which just happened last night in Atlanta. And yeah, um, I've done all the other debates, so I might as well comment on this one. And uh, hopefully this podcast will be a lot, I guess, faster than the other debate podcasts I've done. Because, I mean, a lot, they're saying a lot of the same stuff over and over again. So anyway, let's get right into it. So on impeachment, I don't know. I don't even honestly know why they talk about impeachment because they all agree that there, he should be impeached. So why even bring it up, right? So, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting, though, for Biden to be up there talking about no one being above the law when there was obviously some sort of you know, conflict of interest or shenanigans behind the scenes with uh, Biden and Ukraine and Hunter Biden and the, that natural gas company Burisma. So that, that'll probably continue to come out over the next couple of months as, you know, more and more investigations uh, into, you know, all those, uh, I guess, goings on happened in 2015 and 2016. So that, that'll continue to play out. Okay. Uh, Medicare for all, again, it was discussed and, you know, that versus Medicare for all that want it. I mean, so all the candidates support either one of those issues. So Medicare for everybody and get rid of all private health insurance or just have Medicare for all as an option. Either one is a really bad idea. And I've talked about it, I think, before on prior podcasts when I talked about these debate things. And they're both bad decisions, and they would both completely screw up medicine. Uh, there are better ways to fix medicine than have more government involvement in it. I mean, anything government touches and gets involved in is just going to screw things up and make it worse. Okay, um, paid family leave for mothers. Uh, you had this kind of back and forth a little bit between Klobuchar and uh, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris wants a six months paid family leave, and Klobuchar talked about three months. Uh, I mean, okay, I, I don't know that the government should really be involved in this whatsoever. I mean, right, should the government be telling companies that you have to pay these employees for this period of time if they want to take maternity leave? I mean, why not let the companies just make the decision? And the companies that were, are forward thinking enough that you know, value their women employees and their families. I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna offer some sort of paid family leave anyway, right? The good ones will. And then the bad ones will have to compete somehow, and they'll probably get strong-armed into doing it as well. And that's the beauty of a free market, where if you don't think you're getting treated right at one company, you can leave and go to another company. Okay, the wealth tax. So, I mean, obviously, Warren wants to tax everything, and I don't know if you looked at her website and about all the different things she wants to tax, and I can't really list them all here. I mean, but she basically wants this wealth tax, which is an assessment on everything you own each year, and then you got to kick in that, you know, that 2% tax on, you know, your net worth over $50 million. So let's say you're a business owner or you own a couple of businesses, the government is going to expect you to get, what, some sort of evaluation on what your company is worth every year, and then you're going to pay a tax on that? I mean, how does that make sense for, you know, just the job market? You're going to 
spend money hiring people to assess how much your company is worth rather than hire new employees? So you're going to spend all your money on accountants and lawyers rather than hiring new employees and growing your business? I mean, this is retarded. This is a job-killing uh, tax. Uh, a booker, which was surprising, he came out against the, you know, this Warren Wealth Tax, and he mentioned things that are real and, and that have been tried. He said, you know, companies or countries in Europe have tried it, and it didn't work, and they got rid of it. Well, that's true. Okay, so now Warren wants to bring this failed experiment to the United States. And so Warren also, on her website, I mean, she wants to tax all sorts of things and tax your unrealized gains. Well, what the hell does that mean? Well, let's say you have a stock. It's worth 100 bucks, And over the course of the year, it goes up to now it's worth 200 bucks. Well, she wants you to pay a tax on you know, that, that gain from 100 to 200 bucks. But what, what's the problem? Well, you, you haven't sold the stock. It's still sitting there, but she still wants you to pay the tax anyway. Well, what happens if the stock goes to zero? It's not like the government's going to give you 100 bucks, right? So you're only supposed to pay gains on, you know, the, the assets that you sell, not the ones that you just own that are, you know, accumulating wealth over time. I mean, so if that stock goes up, a hundred bucks every year. She wants you to pay a tax on that every year. I mean, that's just going to significantly cut down on your ability to save for your retirement. But doesn't the government want you to be able to retire, you know, nicely or at least comfortably? I mean, Social Security is dead, so I mean, they should do something to kind of promote, you know, people saving for their own retirement. Okay, so uh, another thing, and I realize that these topics are all over the place, but if you watch the debate, that's how it goes. It is all over the place, and they jump from one issue to the next. They don't give every candidate a moment to comment on every single issue. Okay, so let's get into Booker. I mean, he talked about having a tax subsidy for people paying rent that is thought somehow to be a little too high. Well, I mean, this is just retarded, right? This will just cause rents to continue to go up, right? If a landlord knows that the government is going to be, you know, help paying the rental bill, well, then they have no incentive to stay competitive with the other landlords. They're going to keep jacking their rents up. And the only thing that's going to fix the housing crisis or whatever they want to call it nowadays, the housing shortage and this high rent issue, is more housing supply. Housing is a commodity like anything else in a market, and it obeys economic laws of supply and demand. So how do you, how do you increase the housing supply? Well, you've got to remove all these stupid barriers for building houses or building apartments. You've got to cut down on the zoning laws or get rid of them. You've got to get rid of all the excess regulation, right? These are things that just drive up the price of building housing. And so guess what? Developers don't want to build affordable housing. They only want to build really expensive housing because that's the only way they can get any kind of return on the money it takes to build a housing in the first place. So you got to cut out the red tape. Another thing you got to do is you got to get rid of rent control. I did a whole podcast on why rent control is a bad idea and pretty much why a lot of different places have tried it and they got rid of it. I mean, you just have I think recently Toronto got rid of rent control in their city because it was horrible and it was destroying their market and causing prices to go through the roof. And they got rid of rent control and guess what? Developers came in and started building more affordable housing. Oh, look at that. Okay. 
Anyway, um, let's jump over to Tom Steyer. I mean, he had a pretty overall lackluster performance, so I don't even know what I'm going to say about him, other than he mentioned something that was really stupid, I thought. So I picked this out specifically. He wanted to have some sort of direct democracy where people are, are voting directly on certain issues, which overall is just a really bad idea, okay? That direct democracy where, like, you're voting for something on a ballot that you want, everybody wants, you know, they want an extra, you know, $500 in their paycheck from the state government. So you could literally vote on that or something, like, in your state. Okay, well, why wouldn't people just continue to keep voting for things, giving themselves more free stuff? I mean, this is the whole point of not having direct democracy. This is why the founding fathers thought direct democracy was an evil institution. And it's why it's never worked anywhere it's been tried. Okay, I mean, this is basically uh, socialism on steroids is, you know, everybody being able to vote themselves a free lunch. It doesn't work, and it only leads to problems. Okay, so, you know, you got what's direct democracy, and I've used this analogy before, it's two wolves and a sheep deciding what's for dinner. Okay, you can use 51% of the voters can take advantage of the other 49%. That's exactly what it is, and it's a bad idea, and it shouldn't even be entertained. And I'm surprised such a you know smart, rich, and successful person as Tom Steyer would even bring that up. Okay, idiotic. Uh, again, climate change came up as an existential threat. And, I mean, this is just the biggest bunch of bullshit ever. Now, why do I say that? Okay, so I don't know how many of them on stage agreed that climate change was an existential threat. And that basically means what they're saying is that climate change is going to kill everybody on the planet. Nobody came out and said 12 years like AOC has done, but, you know, that's basically what they're saying. Well, then, why are we talking about anything else? There's no point in talking about a wealth tax or Medicare for all or impeachment, right? If climate change is going to kill everybody, well, then that's the only thing people should be talking about. They shouldn't be talking about all these other issues. That's how you know it's bullshit, okay? And, and we have no idea what any sort of global warming or climate change is going to do. Nobody knows. Every single, I guess, environmental model that the country has been using since, I don't know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, they, all the models have been wrong, right? I mean, in the 70s, they predicted global cooling, which never happened. And then they predi- predicted global warming. And then the planet started cooling again. I mean, it's it just all over the place. This is not something that we need to worry about. Again, I've done prior podcasts on this, and so I'm not going to get back into it. Uh, I had a big podcast with this um, a discussion with Joey on climate change, and so you can go back and listen to that one if you want. Uh, Klobuchar. Uh, Klobuchar, I c- couldn't believe it. She actually played the sexist card and said that we haven't had a female president because, you know, maybe people are sexist. Okay, that was interesting. I mean, I guess it's like... You know, maybe Cory Booker playing the black card or racist card or something, but um, I didn't know. I didn't think she needed to go down that road for that. Uh, maybe she's just not qualified, or people just don't like her. I don't know. All right, foreign policy. Uh, there was some actual decent discussion on foreign policy. Um, I didn't think it was going to get as much attention as it did, and I was kind of happy that it got some attention. Uh, I mean, they mentioned about Trump, you know, pulling troops out of Syria. Well, I mean, that's not really what he did. He kind of moved a few troops, and then he added some troops around some oil fields in Syria. And so, yeah, I mean, that's how you can know that 
you know, me, your favorite podcast host, is uh, a principled person, is that, you know, when Trump does something good, I will say he did something good. When he does something bad, I'll say he did something bad. So, yeah, pulling the troops out of northern Syria just to put them around an oil field in Syria is a bad idea, okay? that I, think, I don't see any benefit for the United States uh, in that move whatsoever. I mean, that that's not the job of a United States soldier to be over there guarding an oil field, okay? And I think if you ask a lot of the soldiers over there, you'd be like, what the hell am I doing here? Why am I guarding an oil field? I should be home with my family. Okay. Uh, Trump is also sending more troops to Saudi Arabia. I don't know. I mean, this is just more bad decisions and on Middle East. With it. He's, I mean, he's supposed to be pulling everybody out of everywhere, right? That's what he campaigned on. And, you know, every day we're seeing that those campaign promises were just not true. Okay. So anyway, we'll see what happens with those troops uh, going in and out of the Middle East. But right now it's not looking good. And it's looking like Trump is going back on his word. Anyway, so let's get back into the debate. Bernie Sanders on Afghanistan. He said he wants to bring the troops home. He would even work with the Taliban to bring the troops home. I mean, this is great. This is what Trump has said that he's trying to do as well, supposedly work with the Taliban and regardless of, you know, whether they like the Taliban or not. It, it, whatever. If it brings the troops home, doesn't matter who you meet with. You do it because we've been there for 19 years. We do not need to be there a day longer, okay? Uh, Tulsi overall was still the best, obviously, on foreign policy. I mean, she challenged uh, Harris and, you know, talked about ending the wars. And so, I mean, I, I've kind of uh, glorified her comments on prior podcasts about foreign policy stuff. And then she's, she's really good, I would say, on like 90% of foreign policy. So, um, yeah, nothing has changed with her. She was still great on that. Okay, uh, Cory Booker, surprisingly, he actually brought up the illegal U.S. and Saudi Arabian war on Yemen. That was a big surprise. Okay, I, don't, I never think Yemen was even mentioned in any of the prior debates. So for Booker to, uh, Booker to actually throw that out there was pretty cool, in my opinion. Yeah, so yeah, we should obviously stop supporting, you know, Saudi Arabia's, you know, I guess, blowing up of women and children and letting them die from cholera and other diseases. I mean, yeah, that's a great point by Booker. Um, the China-Hong Kong issue was brought up, and, you know, if... if when you, if you go back and watch it, or if you did watch the debate, it, there weren't really a, a lot of good answers for this one. And everybody just kind of glossed over it, and they moved on real quickly. So, I mean, obviously, it's a complex issue. And Biden's only real answer was like, well, I'm just going to work with the UN against China. Oh, okay, I, I guess that's one way to do it. Um, I mean, I've commented before, I mean, I don't think tariffs are the way to go. But I, I've commented before that um, I mean, if Trump really wanted to get serious over Hong Kong, he would probably want to call a whole bunch of China's trading partners and see if they all would agree that they all they want to do something all together uh, to maybe boycott China, to force their hand into, uh, I guess, leaving Hong Kong alone. I mean, that would be one idea. I mean, so the United States kind of unilaterally doing it with trying to do something with tariffs, I think is a really bad idea for that Hong Kong issue specifically. So um, anyway, Bernie Sanders, again, another surprising comment 
on foreign policy. He called the, the Saudi Arabian, I guess, regime a brutal dictatorship. They have disrespect for women. He says we need to get Saudi Arabia and Iran together and say, cut out all this crap and we're, gonna, we're done spending money on you guys. Well, I mean, these are all great points. Obviously, this is good stuff. Finally, Bernie Sanders, had, this is another great foreign policy comment by someone other than Tulsi Gabbard. Um, he, he also called out Israel, and I thought that was a good move. And he said that we need to get Israel and the Palestinians together and be like, hey, you know, you've got to work things out here. And I agree. And, but I don't know if the United States really has a role in that, you know, in that fight. I think that's something Israel and the Palestinians need to uh, work out on their own. Another good thing Bernie said about Saudi Arabia is that he, he, say, he came out specifically and said that they were not a reliable ally. Well, no shit, okay? I mean, it was like 15 of, 18, 15 of the 18 hijackers on 9-11 were Saudi, okay? So, I mean, I don't know if it took him 18 or 19 years to figure that out, but, you know, whatever. I guess it's better late than never, right? Okay, um, Warren probably had some of the worst comments on foreign policy. She wants to increase the size of the military, and then I don't know how this got into foreign policy. Maybe she just segued into it. She wants to hire 10,000 people to work in national forests and parks to fight climate change. Okay, how? I, I don't even know what that means. So you're gonna, where, what are you going to do with these people? Put them in national parks to do what exactly? Maybe to stop people from camping? I, I, I have no idea what she meant by that. And it just overall kind of seemed really out of place and kind of dumb. Okay, so um, let me see. They jumped around, so I have to jump around. Sorry. Let's get back to Gabbard. Gabbard talked about ending the war on drugs, and then Cory Booker agreed. So I think those were those were good proposals. I mean, this was an important topic to talk about, and the overall, they, they didn't spend that much time on it, and I kind of wish they went more into that subject. Uh, then again, we had, we had another really funny Biden gaffe moment where he talked about violence against women, you know, this topic, and how important it is, and how we need to fix the issue. And then the funny part was that he says that we have to keep punching at it, and punching at it, and punching at it. So it's kind of funny, he's talking about violence against women, and then to, to fix it, we got to keep punching at it. So the audience actually chuckled, they got a nice little laugh out of it, and Joe Look, he was up there on stage, didn't even kind of look like he knew what was going on and why people were laughing. Uh, Warren, you know, she wants to obviously give, uh, I guess, all students free education. So he, she wants to completely get rid of all student loan debt. Okay, well, I mean, what does that mean? That means the taxpayer is going to have to pay for it all, right? You can't, you're not going to ask the, uh, the banks to pay for it all. It never works out that way. It always goes to the taxpayers. So you that have been paying taxes for years and maybe you're paying off your own loans and you were a good steward about picking a cheaper school instead of the Ivy League school that costs 10 times as much and you paid off your student loans, well, now you're going to have to pay off everybody else's loans as well. Okay, well, that's just another you know vote-buying uh, tactic by Warren. Okay, so the abortion issue did come up and, you know, this is interesting. So Warren said that government uh, should not be involved in your decision on abortion. Okay, but it's interesting how they do want government in all other aspects of your life, right? 
They want government to suppress free speech that they don't like, uh, take your guns, uh, collect all your emails, texts, and phone calls, and overall, they're against states' rights. I mean, so that's the first, second, fourth, and tenth amendments right there, okay? I mean, they want government to be involved, telling you who you're allowed to buy things from and who you have to sell things to, you know, how much you can rent your place for and what you can and can't do with your property. So it's just a certain level of hypocrisy that exists when these politicians talk about giving, getting government out of my life, but then, oh, we know we want government to be involved in all these other things in your, you know, your, your daily basis, right? Um, now, uh, Buttigieg, he had a nasty little battle with Gabbard, and he made fun of her for meeting with Assad. And so he said he wouldn't have done it. And then so her comment back to him was like she basically called him a wuss for not having the courage to meet with Assad. Well, I mean, obviously that's true. Why not meet with all these people? I mean, JFK, uh, Nixon, and uh, a lot of former leaders that and Reagan met with people that were considered enemies of the country and avoided like significant wars or, you know, they got... Uh, the USSR to tear down the, the wall and the Berlin Wall. I mean, this is ludicrous that you would not meet with someone just because they're a dictator. And even if you consider them an evil dictator, I mean, it doesn't hurt to meet with both sides or with all people. I mean, if you can make things better, then why not meet with them? Okay, so finally, we can actually get into the closing statements here. And then um, I'm going to go in order of the closing statements. I'll give you my overall impression. Okay, so uh, Booker went first, and he had some funny lines in the debate and maybe one or two good points, but overall, just for him, it's, it's probably a little too little too late, right? His poll numbers have been pretty bad for, I guess, the entire, his entire run over the past year. So what does that mean? I mean, I think he's out. By the next debate, the Democratic National Committee, they raised the percentage that you need to have in the polls, and they're made, basically making it harder to go on to the next debate. And so I think Booker's going to be out. Tom Steyer. I mean, overall lackluster, nothing special, and some he added like one or two really bad ideas. I mean, he's basically done as soon as he, as soon as he stops spending his own money in his campaign. He's out. Okay. Tulsi Gabbard. I mean, great again also on foreign policy, uh, great on the war on drugs issue, but was also kind of eh or just not covered a lot. I mean, she really wasn't given a lot of time. So I don't really think she did anything to increase her support. Probably didn't do much to decrease her, her support, but her support's so low anyway, it probably doesn't matter. So, I mean, she'd be really lucky to get to the next debate, and it's probably a good chance she's not going to. Uh, Yang. Yang was just okay. So what? So nothing. I mean, he's basically a non-factor. And again, his polling numbers are low too. I don't think he's going to be around in the next debate. I mean, there's a chance, but I seriously doubt it. And I just, I don't see him making any significant, you know, grounds over anybody else above him. Uh, Klobuchar, I mean, overall, she had a good performance, but again, kind of similar to Booker, a little too little too late. Not enough support in the polls. So, I, you know, overall, I don't think there's really much for her going forward. I don't think she's going to be in this long term. Kamala Harris. Well, uh, overall, this was probably her best debate since January. 
But, I mean, her ideas are still horrible, and her numbers over the last six months are all down. So, I mean, and she's a known flip-flopper on some issues. So, I don't know. I mean, can she really uh, go to distance? Can she make up some of the poll numbers? Eh, maybe. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So, I, I don't know what's going to happen with her. She'll probably make it into the next debate, is my guess, but probably not much further into 2020. Buttigieg. Okay, um, overall, I don't know what to say about him. Nothing great, nothing horrible. Uh, he did poorly on a couple of exchanges, and then he's got a, he's got a serious polling issue. So I'm going to get away from the debate here for a second, and I don't know if you know this. So he, he was polling pretty bad with blacks in South Carolina. He's polling overall in Iowa and New Hampshire pretty good, but there's not a lot of, I guess, voting blacks that are uh, registered in the polls up there. But in South Carolina, there is. Okay, so his black support in South Carolina is basically zero. So then to combat that, and this just happened within the past week or so, he put out, or his campaign put out, like a list of 400 names of supposed, you know, blacks in South Carolina that supported him. Okay, well, the problem with that was, with the campaign announcement, they used stock photos of people from Kenya. Okay. They also screwed up. And about almost half of the people's names on that list, they were actually white. Now, do you think this is going to help his poll numbers with the black community or hurt them? I mean, it's overall looking pretty bad for him. And you can't win as a Democrat without black support. It is impossible. So, yes, his poll numbers right now in some early states look good, but overall, I think his chances are pretty nil because of that. Okay, so uh, Bernie Sanders. Well, I mean, Bernie did great for Bernie. I mean, he was funny, and he was on key with his message, and, you know, I personally liked his comments on the troops coming home in Saudi Arabia, and he's got plenty of money in his coffers. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely going to be in the next debate. He can go a long way, Bernie Sanders. I don't know if he can. he's going to be the winner of, you know, might be Warren, uh, might be Biden, I don't know, but he's definitely still in the top three and certainly didn't do anything to harm his numbers and maybe did enough to increase his numbers just a little bit. Okay, Elizabeth Warren. Well, I mean, she was never really challenged on anything in this debate as opposed to some of the prior debates. And so overall, I mean, she had like kind of an unmemorable performance. I mean, at times I kind of forgot she was up there. Is that good or bad? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's good. I just don't see her numbers changing much. So she'll continue on. She's got enough support to keep going and be in the next debate. But it's not like she's, you know, putting a nail in the Biden coffin or anything like that. Okay, so let's move on. Joe Biden. Well, I mean, he had the usual gaff-riddled debate that we have all come to love from Uncle Joe. And I mean, if, honestly, if he wasn't there, I would miss him. The debates would be even more boring without Joe Biden. I, I honestly don't think I could even watch another Democratic debate without Biden. I mean, I, I kind of look for those moments to at least, you know, give me something to laugh at occasionally during the debate. Okay, um, what else did he do? Uh, what was his, his other gaff was kind of funny. He talked about the only black senator to support him, and that he says he came from the black community. I don't. I mean, he's just 
puts his foot in his mouth all over the place. And then Kamala Harris was up on stage. She's like, hello, I'm a black senator. And, and Biden was like, oh, you know, he kind of forgot. <laughs> so that look, that was actually kind of funny. So anyway, yeah, I mean, he didn't do anything really that special or horrible to really increase or decrease his numbers. So yeah, obviously, Joe Biden's got enough support to make it to the next debate. I, I mean, I've heard you know, in some news articles that his money is kind of running out. But the DNC, with it, they'll fill him up. They'll, they'll, they'll keep supporting him because he's still basically the front runner in the national polls. And amongst a sea of crazies, he kind of looks a little less crazy than the rest of them. So who knows? Maybe if something really bad comes out with the Ukraine stuff and Hunter Biden, uh, then the DNC is just going to like throw him to the wolves. But maybe, you know, until that happens, they'll probably just keep rolling with Uncle Joe. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you all for listening to the Liberty on Fire podcast. Please do me two favors. Number one is to share the show. Remember that we want to continue to advance the message of individual liberty and sharing and growing the show is one of the best ways to do that. The second favor is to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. A five-star rating is much appreciated. Also, please check out our website, libertyonfire.org. Thank you very much. And until next time, let's keep those fires of liberty burning bright. (laughs) 